Hey boys and girls, this is Shoshana and welcome to episode 3 of Take Notes Kids. In my last episode, I asked you guys to tell me about the biggest plot twist in your life. I also asked for suggestions on subjects to discuss. Well, since I haven't gotten any feedback from anyone, I'm going to take your silence as a hint that you like what I'm doing and I should just keep doing it. I have a lot of fun doing this and hopefully, even though I'm getting radio silence from you all out there, you're having fun too. So let's get into today's episode. Self-doubt, the lack of confidence in oneself or one's abilities. Here's a quote from the National Research Council's book called Learning, Remembering, and Believing. It says this, quote, self-esteem is another global construct related to self-confidence and self-concept and pertains to one's personal perception of worthiness. Although self-confidence and self-esteem may be related, individuals can have one without necessarily having the other. Certain individuals may not have high self-confidence for a given activity, but still like themselves. By contrast, there are others who may regard themselves as highly competent at a given activity, but do not have corresponding feelings of self-esteem. End quote. It's annoying, right? Hearing some self-made millionaire who wakes up every morning, drinks from a crystal glass, and sits on the balcony overlooking the ocean, talking about doubting every decision they've ever made. I know that's an extreme case, but isn't it interesting that fashion designers, movie stars, models, and teen heartthrobs all seem to have cases of anxiety, depression, self-doubt, and many other issues? Some of them may doubt their abilities, and yet they still like themselves, or some may not like themselves but have confidence in their abilities. And yet, without knowing much about them, we look up to many of these people like they're something to be admired, like they are the standard we should be at. But they're struggling the same, actually more, than we are as normal people. I looked up some statistics on self-doubt and I clicked on the first thing I found on Google. This is not a Christian website, this is a website that promotes overcoming low self-esteem and helping people develop healthy and positive self-esteem. The link took me to their page on um, self-esteem statistics, and I wanted to read some of them to you. So a study carried out by Dr. Zemet, professor of pediatrics and clinical psychology, revealed that adolescent boys with high self-esteem are almost two and a half times more likely to initiate sexual intercourse than boys with low self-esteem, while girls with a high self-esteem are three times more likely to delay sexual intercourse than girls with low self-esteem. Here's another one. Low self-esteem has been linked to violent behavior, school dropout rates, teenage pregnancy, suicide, and low academic achievement. And that comes from Alexandra Dellis Abrams, PhD. In a study carried out among some female students, 80% of them claimed that their negative body image was linked to the negative remarks made by friends and family. Low self-esteem is the universal common denominator among literally all people suffering from addictions to any and all mind-altering substances such as alcohol, not genes. In the book Alcoholism, A False Stigma, Candido reports, those who have identified themselves as recovered alcoholics indicate that low self-esteem is the most significant problem in their lives. 
Here's another one. Hazen Forrest reports that lower self-esteem is often the reason why young girls engage in premarital sexual relationships and is more likely to be responsible for teen pregnancies than any other single factor. They found that as self-esteem decreases, sexual attitudes and behavior become more permissive. Now this one I found very interesting. Um, A survey carried out by three doctors, whose names I cannot pronounce, revealed that adolescents who attend church or other religious institutions are more likely to have a higher self-esteem than their peers who have no religious affiliation. It suggests that religious institutions play a part in teaching people how to have a positive self-esteem and have a healthy view of themselves. And, you know, two things stand out to me in all of this. First, the opinions of others are the lead cause of self-doubt and low self-esteem problems. Whether that be because of the negative things others say to us, or because of what we perceive to be the norm and we just aren't meeting that standard, or we think we know what others think about us. Now, obviously, the opposite of that is a sense of overconfidence and extreme um, extreme self-assurance complexes that are definite, and that's definitely a problem too. And yet, in a book by Dr. Joe Rubino, he states that 85% of the world's population is affected by low self-esteem. 85%. That leaves only 15% of the world not affected by low self-esteem, and probably even less than that, dealing with an overinflated ego and who are too cool for school. You know, and you could even go so far as to say that many of those who portray great confidence and pride are actually dealing with major doubt and pain. Remember that self-made millionaire drinking champagne on his balcony? It would seem that as humans, we have an insatiable need to be accepted, loved, encouraged, and given the foundation of confidence to overcome the outside world's attacks. The second thing that I noticed is that self-esteem starts in young people and therefore carries over into adulthood. And if not dealt with and handled, carries on to the next generation because the children of said adults encounter the same issues and most of the time those issues are not addressed. Children are impressionable, thus why public school is a breeding ground for self-image issues. And isn't it interesting that All these so-called teenage issues all form out of self-esteem issues? Oh, they're just being teenagers. (sighs) While that may be true, these formative years are essential. When children act out, we want to blame genetics, don't we? Not once considering learned behavior, imitation, or abandonment may also be key factors. Or that our sons and daughters may be lashing out because the popular kids at school ignored them, or their crush made fun of them for something. But I digress. No matter what age you are, the question always seems to come back to, what's wrong with me? Doesn't it? Why did they reject my book proposal? Why didn't I get that job promotion? Why hasn't God brought me that thing I asked for? Did I do something wrong? Why won't that cute guy that smiles and waves at me come over and just ask me out already? Am I not pretty enough? Our self-worth always seems to come into question at the tiniest hint of rejection, and it can cause anxiety and depression, especially in young people who are still figuring out life. Anxiety and mental health are at an all-time high right now. It's all we hear about anymore in the news and in social media, 
And while we should be talking about these things, we should be doing more than just bringing awareness. There should be answers that don't come in a prescription bottle. On the other side, the argument could be made that high self-esteem is dangerous. Teach boys to be too confident, they may just grab any girl they want and abuse her. Give a girl too much self-esteem and she'll turn out to be like Regina from Mean Girls. Toxic masculinity is a big topic these days. And I think my dad says it best that toxic men are just boys who were never taught how to be men. I don't think it's always a situation of too much testosterone that causes men to be jerks. I think more often than not, it's because they were never taught how to respect women or how to walk in love or how to be considerate. And I think it's the same for women in some regards. Toxic femininity is a thing too. Women can be strong and confident, but when it gets to that same point as men where it means they walk all over people, they're jerks, they're rude and proud of their bad attitude, it can be toxic. And those women were girls who were never taught how to be ladies. These men and women were never taught how to be kind and patient towards others who might not be on their level. We all know someone who is prideful and intimidating and has an ego the size of Texas. And some have to be taken down a few notches because they are ridiculous and riding on a high horse. But I would like to point out that real confidence is desirable, not off-putting. Real confidence. The self-assured businesswoman who is kind and strong, who doesn't push others away in the meet and greet line, she exudes something you want to be a part of. Men are the same way. It's the ones who are faking it and actually deep down rather unsure of themselves who come across as rude and moody and so confident like they can do nothing wrong. Cocky in any gender is off-putting. Those prideful and intimidating people we hate are more than likely overcompensating for something inward. There is a way to be confident in your identity without hurting others. There is a way to exude strength and ability and be proud of yourself without overcompensating for something that's missing. I was talking to my mom about this yesterday and she said that according to statistics, being raised without a father, she should have been one of those girls who got pregnant young and slept around looking for love and acceptance. But the reason she didn't is because she was one of those kids raised in church. She had a relationship with Jesus and understood right from wrong. There's a lot of different reasons why our personalities get warped. But like that one statistic said earlier, 85% of the world deals with low self-esteem. So obviously that's the problem for most of us. Doubt and self-doubt is a tool our enemy Satan uses to get our eyes off of God and onto our weaknesses and shortcomings. And I don't care whether you're a Christian or not. That's the truth. In the Bible, in 1 John 3, 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. And in Hebrews 4, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. God has good plans for our lives, and He wants to see us thrive and bring glory to Him. Do not give in to the temptation to doubt your abilities, your talents, your skills, your face, your size. I'm talking to myself here too. Psalms 2410 says that those that seek the Lord will not lack any good thing. 
Another scripture says to ask if any of you lack wisdom. When we measure ourselves against the world, we will always fall short. There's always someone prettier, more talented, more charming, more richer. And just when you think you've made it to the top and you're the best, someone will come along and bump you off the mountain. How, how we measure our life should not be based on our abilities, but it should be based on how God sees us, which never changes. He calls us sons and daughters, and he loves us without conditions. I think this quote sums up what I'm trying to say here perfectly. Jeremy Pearson said this, Jesus is the measure of your worth. He set your worth as the price of his own life when he paid for you by dying. The price paid determines the value. End quote. See, you were worth the price Jesus paid when he died on the cross. You may not understand what he sees in you, but he saw something he couldn't live without. Our low self-esteem, our doubting and believing we aren't worth anything is a slap in the face to Jesus. We're telling him that his opinion and his sacrifice means nothing. I'm not asking you to change yourself overnight, but this is where you start seeing yourself differently. You can do that right now. You can start today. You are valuable to God. And you need to remind yourself of that every day. You need to get into the word, use Google if you have to, and find scriptures that you can stand on when you don't feel worthy of love or you don't feel like you have what it takes. None of us were accidents. Now, you may have been a surprise to your parents, but you were not a surprise to God. He has a plan for you, and he's given you talents and abilities that the rest of us need. You won't always get it right, and your life may not be ideal. But God is a God of second chances. He can change things. Seriously, he can heal things. He can restore what's been destroyed. So don't think for a minute that you are an exception. Let's change the narrative and be a generation who knows who we are in Jesus, who helps others see their worth and puts a stop to the anxiety and depression epidemic. Thanks for listening. Make sure you head over to ShoshannaSmith.com to tell me what you thought of today's episode. And as always, I hope you have a great day and that you took notes. I'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) 